Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back with you guys for another episode of our Behind Enemy Lines series, the show in which I'm joined by a member of the press from the opposition to get their thoughts and feelings ahead of Arsenal's next fixture. And this week, I'm very happy to be joined by Jordan Blackwell as we look ahead to Arsenal's tough game against the Leicester City side that will be wanting revenge for Arsenal's victory at the King Power last season. Jordan, how are you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, not so bad, thanks, Tom. How are you? Yes, very good. Very good. The season's been up and down for both our sides. It certainly started a lot worse for us um, and and got incredibly better. Leicester's been very unpredictable uh, this season. There's been some disappointing results, but then obviously recently it's very much turned around with the big win over Manchester United and then a really good victory against the Brentford side that have caused quite a few upsets this season. Getting back on track in Europe as well, and there's a few new signings that are making their way through the team. But overall, what have been your, your thoughts of Leicester's season so far? I, I think that's a very fair summary, I think, they are. It's been it's been slightly odd because I think the the past two seasons under Rogers, his his first two full seasons, uh, they started incredibly well in both, um, and in both both times they were going into November at the top of the league. Obviously, the, his first full season was the the season where Liverpool were winning every game and Leicester were the closest challenges to them for you know up until Christmas really. Uh, last season they were they were top in November, um, so. It's, I think this, it's been slightly odd that they've they've had this little bit of a downfall, uh, but I think they've finally seemed to turn a corner with the Manchester United game that you mentioned. There, yeah. it finally seemed to click uh, in terms of the. It was kind of reassuring, really, that they hadn't lost what made them so good. Because I think actually before the October international break, the results weren't great. The results were mm. kind of mediocre, but actually the performances were were even worse. The performances really weren't very good at all. Uh, you know they were they beat Wolves on the opening day, but they were probably lucky to get some, probably lucky to win that. They beat Norwich away, but they were lucky to win that. Um, you know, and then they didn't win a single game mm. in either the Premier League or Europe in September. So, yeah, I think it, it's been a bit of a difficult start, but they seem to have found the solution now, and uh, you know, back on track and with three wins in a row last week, penalty shootout win in the cup on Wednesday night. So, uh, yes, it's, it seems to be going okay again. Can you kind of pinpoint what the solution was? Because it was, it's hard to see what's what's changed. I mean, it's not necessarily been a managerial change, of course. It's not necessarily been huge like managerial issues in in the lineup selections or team selections. So, what what's been the change that you've noticed? I think the the biggest one is is Johnny Evans' fitness. Mm. Um, he is he is just uh, an exceptionally uh, good defender. Um, <laughs> just in terms, his his reading of the game is superb. It, the, the communication elements, the organisation, um, it's just very very good. And Leicester have missed him. Uh, I mean, they've still been conceding goals, but it it doesn't feel like they're quite as weak defensively. Um, I think the the formation change has helped a, a little bit as well. At the start of the season, Leicester reverted to the the four two three one because yeah. The, because Harvey Barnes was fit, so uh, they brought Harvey Barnes back into the team. Played four-two-three-one with Madison behind Vardy, uh, Barnes on the left. You know, kept rotating with the players on the right. Um, but Barnes wasn't. Barnes has sort of slowly been feeling his way in because he was out for three months with an injury. Madison had been struggling to find form, and so it wasn't quite working. What Rogers has done over these past couple of weeks, he's reverted to the. 
I think a three-four-one-two formation is the best way mm. to describe it. Bringing Kelechi Iheanacho back in. Now, this was the formation that they went to at the end of last season when Barnes got injured. Uh, they obviously brought Iheanacho in, and he went on that incredible scoring run. Ended up obviously winning the FA Cup because of it because he kept scoring in the earlier rounds. Yeah. Um, they've changed back to that. They brought Iheanacho and Vardy in together up front, uh, and that's worked really well. It, so, I'd say the formation change has helped. Uh, but I think within that formation, having Evans and Ianacho in it uh, is uh, has been has been key. Which for Ianacho, it's not surprising for for Evans, but I think for Ianacho, who you know mm. two years into his Leicester City career, he's being booed by Leicester's own fans. Uh, for him to have such an incredible turnaround and now be almost the key player in the team, yeah. you know, it's um, it's incredible, really. And I think he, um, I, I do feel like he's he's contributions are still going under the radar a little bit in terms of the wider the wider football world uh, but he's uh, he's certainly a, a very very talented player and, and one that Arsenal will have to keep an eye on you mentioned Madison's form struggled a bit at the beginning of the campaign start to pick up things as have Leicester as a whole maybe there's a, a bit of correlation there going on but Arsenal were linked with Madison in the summer and the feeling I got and I get from Leicester is that usually in summer windows, they're, they're open to allowing one kind of big name to, to move on if they get the money that they want. Um, Tillemans was, of course, the other big name that's being linked outwardly with teams like Liverpool, of course. Are you surprised both stayed? Um, and are you kind of hopeful that this is the way that Leicester are now changing from a side that have in the past sold their key figures for big money and instead turn into a side that look to hold on to their their biggest talents? Well, certainly, it's. It, I, I probably would say I was surprised. Yes, I think it becomes such a, a pattern of Leicester's transfer windows that you, you did kind of expect it to happen. Mm. Um, but but it become a pattern that is not necessarily a bad thing because the, the way they've invested the money every time they've sold a, a big name player is... They've always it's always helped them get better. Um, yeah. You know, the selling Maguire for eighty million pounds, the, the players that they were able to bring in off the back of that um, made them a better team. Selling Chilwell for fifty million pounds, they then brought in uh, that's the, that same summer they brought in Fafana for for thirty mm. and Castagna for twenty. Castagna it, it can play both sides, left and right, full back. Uh, and I think Leicester fans would say he's as good as if not better than Chilwell. Uh, yeah. And then you've got a, a defender in Fafana who could go on to be one of the best centre-backs in the world. Uh, I don't think that's, I don't think that's sort of exaggerating. He is that mm. good and he's only, uh, he's only just turned 20. So um, uh, yes, the, because they've invested the money so, so well, it, it never feels like it's a problem. But I think there was a, there was a, a slight, there was a pleasing feeling that they did manage to hold on to players. I think the, I think over the past couple of seasons as well, it's not been as um, devastating because I think Leicester fans were probably reasonably happy to sell Maguire and Chilwell. I think if you'd, you know, listed all the players that Leicester mm. wouldn't want to lose, I don't think they'd have been near the top. Whereas this summer, Tielemans was the one that nobody wanted to lose, and that would have been devastating if he ended up going. Uh, Madison, I'm not. I don't think too many Leicester fans would have been fussed. They'd rather have kept Tielemans and Didi Barnes. Uh, players like that, you know, Fafana. Um, but uh, yes, I think that, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think this is the way it is now. I, I think selling players could still be a thing. Obviously, Tielemans, if he doesn't sign a new contract, he'll only have one year left next summer and he could end up going. 
because uh, I think Leicester would have would probably think, well, we can get some money for him rather than losing yeah. for nothing a, a year later. So that's going to be one to watch. Um, yeah, so I don't think I don't think it's the, going to become the the new norm, but it should. Uh, the, the hope was that because they hadn't sold any key players, it would you know allow them to have an even better season this year, which has not quite been the case so far. Let's talk about the game a little bit more uh, on Saturday, early kickoff on Saturday, 12.30. It's always a game that I dread as an Arsenal fan. I'll be very honest. That's a compliment to Leicester for sure. And and we have found going to the King Power difficult. And then strangely, in one of our most difficult seasons last year, we managed to pop up with a performance. And and after going a, a goal behind after Pablo Marie decided to just welcome uh, the, the Leicester side yeah. through the team to open the score really early on. Um, but it was a, a really kind of strange display because William played well. It was kind of his only good performance of the, the entire time we had him at the club. Pepe got on the score sheet and Lacazette with that, that penalty after I think it was a strange handball on the edge of, near the edge of the box. So that, that was a bit of a, a strange result at the end of last season and probably flattered Arsenal um, in the context of their entire campaign. But when we have gone to Leicester, it's been a huge test for us. So how do you see the match kind of playing out and where do you see the areas of weakness for both sides that each team can exploit? Uh, yeah, I think it's a difficult one to adjust because in terms of that that game, that game was a really weird game for Leicester because it, it that was when they were between the the injuries. I think Madison had got injured a week earlier. Yeah. Barnes got injured in that game. Um, and I felt mm. like when Barnes got injured, it, it, I, you, you got the sense that if Leicester felt like their season was collapsing because players were getting injured. Uh, so that was a difficult one to assess. I think, um, I'm hoping this will be a, a, a better quality game. In terms of the weaknesses, um, Leicester do have a defence that, that concedes goals. I mean, they've not mm. in Europe and um, in Europe in the Premier League. They've not kept a clean sheet since the, the opening day of the season. Uh, they just they just keep conceding, which is really unlike you know really unlike Rogers uh, or Rogers Leicester. Anyway, I think I think we're probably starting because of the high risk score lines we've seen. I think we're starting to get comparisons between the Rogers Liverpool team that went so close to winning the league where it felt like, you know, every other week they were winning 4-2 or something ridiculous like that because yeah. the attack was so good, but the defence, you know, couldn't hack it basically. Uh, and obviously that, I don't want to say downfall because they did finish second and only just, you know, only just shy of winning the title. But yeah. in terms of the difference between them and Man City when winning the league, it was the difference that they, they, did, they didn't have the defence. So I think that will concern Rogers. Um, I think... With this new formation, I think the if if Arsenal can stretch Leicester's back three uh, and maybe drag the two wider players, which are, are likely to be Amate and Suunchu, if they can drag them out, um, then I think that's where they might get uh, joy. But it is it is generally a much more solid system. It is fairly well balanced, um, and. Uh, I mean, I've not seen a great deal of Arsenal uh, mm. this season, but I would say that um, I think that uh, that the front, that Leicester's forward players will start to uh, will pose problems for them. The combination between Ianacho and Vardy is very, very good. Mm. Uh, Madison's starting to get back to how he was. He, as we mentioned, he wasn't in such such good form at the start of the season, but he kind of had a little bit of a break out of the team. He was working with the analysts, working on what made his game so good. Last few games, he's been excellent. Um, 
you know, he's, he's he just looks more confident. He's receiving the ball, and instead of going backwards, his first touch is forwards. Um, and so the Leicester are a really good attacking outfit at the minute. Mm. Uh, but yes, I think it's a it's a it's a tricky one. I know that um, I feel like Arsenal have been maybe getting. Uh, better at set pieces I think I think they've got a decent yeah. record this season it's not like three uh, of the last seven goals have been from set pieces or four of the yeah. last seven something from like that yeah yeah. it's obviously the, the Chambers goal as well mm. um, uh, Leicester are weak at set pieces um, so I would say that if, if if that's an area that Arsenal have improved at um, then uh, I, I would say that's a, a that's somewhere where they could get at Leicester, Leicester it's not that Leicester have particularly small side or, or whatever they just mm. they kind of when they're defending set piece they have a, a mix of kind of zonal and man marking and it yeah it's, ne- it's never really worked they've always been pretty poor at it uh obviously they can they can see another set piece against brighton on uh, on wednesday night so uh yeah i'd say that's somewhere that that uh that arsenal could um exploit leicester but i think if if it's the same pattern as leicester's recent games i think it's going to be another high scorer it's interesting with the change of system to the back three because Arsenal have struggled against back threes up until they played Villa. They struggled against Chelsea and lost that game. They struggled against Brighton and and Crystal Palace and they were fortunate not to lose either of those two games. Then they went up against Villa and Mikel Arteta changed the system. He moved out. Martin Odegaard and he brought in Alexander Lacazette as kind of this second striker alongside and just in behind Aubameyang and that dual striker formation did stretch the the Villa back three and if you're saying there that Leicester will struggle a little bit more if we Arsenal are able to stretch that that back line that could be something that, that has kind of clicked for Arsenal at the right time we don't know about the fitness of Kieran Tierney yet but Nuno Tavares came in and combined really well on the left hand side for us uh, with, with Emil Smith-Rowe so Danny Amato, I mean, he's he. How has he been? Because he, when I looking from the outside in, I never looked at Amate as someone that I, not necessarily rated, but it was never kind of someone I looked at as he's the style of player that Leicester are going to be including in their team to take them to that level that they want to get to. If you know what I mean? Yeah, he's a he's a, an interesting one because at the end of the Brentford game um, last weekend. His was the name being chanted by the fans, right? Uh, which is, is kind of becoming a little bit of a cult, a cult yeah, figure. Right. I think it's because he, maybe because the the expectations aren't quite so high for him because he's because he clearly is a backup centre back. You know, if Fafana was fit, Fafana would be playing. Mm. Uh, even if James Justin was fit, although more regularly a fullback, he has played in kind of one of the wider roles in a back three before. Mm. So I think he would be playing ahead of Amate as well. Um, but he's just he's just solid. He does his job. He's less prone to mistakes than Soyuncu is. Um, he's less rash than Soyuncu is. I don't think he's the. He's not a he's not a star, and but he's you know, I think I think fans like players that you know they're just professional. They're mm. no nonsense. Um, so I think he's. But I would say he's he's done well recently, and actually against Ronaldo uh, against Manchester United, he did a really good job. But then he struggled a little bit against a little bit against Ivan Tony last weekend. Um, Ivan Tony certainly in the first half, Ivan Tony got the better of him. Um, I can see so the I headline think, now: Tony better than Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I think it was possibly more than the move. Tony Tony's Tony's quite. Yeah quite big and strong but also he's got the movement as well and I think that's where um, 
that's maybe where Amate struggled a little bit. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. I think he, as I said, they're the two players for Arsenal to get at. Mm. Soyuncu, Chu, because he, he's got a, you know, he's, he has got a mistake in him. I think he's probably the best, the, the best way to describe it. Um, yeah, and Amate, you know, he's not, uh, he's not, you know, an elite level defender like Evans or Fafana would be. Um, but the thing is, Evans is so good that those two can make errors and Evans will, will cover for them. So, um, but yeah, I think that's the, they're probably the, the slightly weaker areas of the Leicester team at the minute. Who Who's really on the right-hand side for you at the moment? Because that's, I know that obviously there's this dual striker system going on as well with Vardy and Ian Nacho, but who's the kind of the main threat on the right? Because for Arsenal, Nuno Tavares, as I've already mentioned, he was really good against Villa, but in the offensive sense, and defensively, he's kind of the one that's been having questions asked, like whether we, whether or not he can cope with the defensive aspect of his game as either a left-back or a wing-back. So who is he going to be up against and how tricky are they going to be for him? Uh, he will likely be up against Ricardo Pereira, who uh, I think if... Uh, a Portuguese been, battle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think if we'd have been having this conversation uh, a few years ago, I'd have said that... Um, Ricardo would uh, tear Tavares apart, um, yeah. but it's not it, because I think before his knee injury, I, yeah. I think you could legitimately have said he was a, a rival for Alexander Arnold as the best right back in the league. Mm. Since the since the injury, and he came back in January this year, and it's been it's been slow progress really. I think the start of this season there was some really good signs, but then he wasn't defensively wasn't up to it. He ended up being dropped by Rogers. But in this wing back role where there's less kind of focus on the defensive aspects yeah. and it is all about the attacking. Um he's uh he's you know he's he's been included and in, in he's getting better. He, going forward he is very, very good. I still still think he's lacking quite the the sharpness that made him so good uh when he first joined uh Leicester. But um he is he is very very good and I think we'll see Tielemans tends to drift out that side as well to, to link up with him. So that's where Tavares may need a little bit of help if you're thinking he might struggle defensively mm. um, because, I mean, Tielemans is Leicester's best player. So he, yeah. and he's very, very good at finding the gaps and playing Ricardo in. So I think that's the... Ian Acho drifts out that way as well. So those three kind of create triangles. Uh, yeah. And I don't... Arsenal will... I'm sure Arsenal will be wary of that and won't want, you know, they'll need to support Tavares because he could, they could, Leicester, with those three players, Leicester could easily knock it around him and get on the attack. The uh, the game, as we say, is at 12.30 tomorrow. It will be intriguing as to what both managers, uh, sorry, not tomorrow, well, it will be tomorrow when this goes out, actually. But yeah, uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting how each team decides to set up and how Brendan Rodgers uh, looks to exploit some of the gaps that will be created with Tavares playing there. Gabriel and Sambi Lukonga were those that were supporting him against Villa. If they can put on the same performance that they did uh, against Dean Smith's side, then they should be able to keep Ricardo Pereira quiet. But as you say, he's got the quality when he wants to show it that he might be able to give them some some big questions to answer. Jordan, before you go, I'm going to press you for a, a dreaded prediction. So uh, <laughs> tell me what you're thinking. Um, I will say based on... Uh, Based on Leicester's recent results, I am going to say, uh, let's go 3-2 to Leicester. Let's be bold. Oh, uh, we'll make it exciting. So, uh, But yeah, I can't. 
I mean, I predicted a draw for the Brentford mm. game and obviously Leicester ended up winning that so one. What you're saying so, is you rate Brentford above Arsenal is what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mm, well, probably. Well, I let's, mean, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I won't, I won't uh, probably, probably. Yeah, um, sure. But no, Arsenal are, no, Arsenal are improving and I think I would say they are, if I, I'll be, it's quite hard for me to be nice about Arsenal, but I will say that they do. <laughs> Why they is do it not, hard? What's, you're not a fan. <laughs> I, well, no, I think it's because um, I think I've grown up in the era where Leicester always lost to Arsenal. There's, right. And it's the, I mean, there was a real big run where Leicester never, ever beat Arsenal. They managed, they used to get sort of the odd wins here and there against Chelsea and United and uh, Man City, uh, but not until very, very recently, they always lost against Arsenal. Uh, so it's and a scarring that, thing. Yes, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that's why. But no, I would say I, having thought Arsenal weren't very good for probably mm. the the start of you weren't alone. <laughs> yeah, for for you know a good while into uh, Arteta's tenure, I do mm. feel like the team they have now. I think the the signings have been smart. I really like uh, Lakonga. I think. Um, uh, I think White will end up being a, a, a decent player as well. Um, yes, they do. They seem more balanced. They seem more like a team than mm. uh, than than they have done recently. So I think uh, I think whereas before I probably would have said that you know Leicester could comfortably finish above Arsenal again as they have done the past couple of seasons. I do think they'll be they'll end up being very close within the league um this season that you know they may end up being next to each other whether who finishes on top i don't know but um yeah i think come the end of the season maybe we'll see uh maybe we'll see them in fifth and sixth or maybe mm. one of them will sneak into the top four because um yeah i think there's i think i think fourth place is up for grabs for both teams so Agreed. um yeah. i think it could be um in that sense it could end up being a really key game mm. Yeah, definitely could. It's uh, it's it's funny when Arsenal were playing Norwich earlier this season. It was billed as a, a relegation six pointer, <laughs> and uh, and now we're playing Leicester, and it's a top four six pointer. So it's yeah. quickly how things can change. Uh, exactly. Is, is what yeah. football does to you, Jordan. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I know it's awesome. I'm going to go from my perspective and say I'm going to go bold as well and say 2-1. I won't be as brave and go with the same scoreline we got there last season, but uh, yeah, I'll go with 2-1. Even though we were quite solid over the last, like the start of our unbeaten run, some goals, especially against Villa and, and Palace, have started to sneak in. So mm, I think that that defence is being questioned a bit more and maybe being worked out a little bit, especially with Tommy Asu playing more games and, and White together as well. So we'll see how that develops. But Jordan, thank you, as I said already, and, and please tell people where they can find you on social media. Yes, I'm uh, at JRDN Blackwell. Uh, yeah, on, <laughs> on the screen. Uh, yes, so if you do, if you are interested in Leicester City news uh, and and all that sort of stuff, then uh, hopefully there'll be plenty of decent stuff there. Mm, absolutely. Uh, of course, you can find ourselves at the Arsenal Way N5. You can find myself at Tom Cantor Media and all of our written pieces regarding the match will be going out over on football.london. So make sure you check out all of that. Thank you for tuning in. Please do drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the Arsenal Way if you haven't done so already, which leaves us nothing else left to say except to keep following us down the Arsenal Way.